Welcome to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast. We are your hosts, James. And Anthony. This episode will be on episode 7 of House of the Dragon, Driftmark. Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to the show. James and I just watched episode 7 of House of the Dragon, and I have to say, this might be the best one yet. And we have a dragon for a special guest here. Yeah, this is Squish Karras. He's a uh, he's a dragon with wings, as you can see. If you're watching at home, <laughs> <laughs> he's very cute dragon. Very cute uh, dragon. If you're not watching, we have a uh, a Sharpay d- dog with dragon wings on on camera. So, Squish Karras, say hi to everybody. Thanks for joining the show and just stopping by. <laughs> He's waving. <laughs> All right, Squish. Thanks for coming by. Everyone say bye to Squish. All right, bye, let's Squish. get into this episode, which, like Anthony said, might be the best episode so far of the season. It's the highest rated at 9.5 on IMDb for this episode. And I keep saying this every episode for when we review House of the Dragon. I don't know how every episode is if not the, just as good as the previous one or better. It's insane. It's pretty unbelievable. And for those of you, if you're hearing an audio difference, James is not in studio, so we're doing a Zoom call, so that's why he might sound a little echoey, although he did blend in his background with the actual background from his side of the set, so it kind of looks like you're here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I took a photo, and so, yeah, but I'm in a very echoey room, so sorry for the echo, everybody. We're remote right now, and this is the first time we've done a remote together. It's like a little test, I guess you could say, too, at the same time. But let's so, get into the so episode of House of the Dragon, which opened up with a funeral of... Lena, Damon's wife, who last episode uh, killed herself using her dragon, Vagar, so that she could go out on her own terms in terms of not having a miscarriage and being killed or having the baby killed. And it was a very somber opening, but it lasted a long time, really, and it was really good because it got a lot of children, a lot of the kids, the Valarians, the Targaryens, involved politically, kind of, in showing how divisive they are towards each other now that they're going to be set themselves up for competing for the throne in the future. One of the most impressive parts of the episode was that the funeral party, it's about 10 minutes, maybe, yeah, 10 minutes long, and there's such few lines spoken amongst the characters. It was really great filmmaking, just behavior and the looks people give each other. Hardly much was said at all for quite a long period of time, but you, the tension, the conflict, you could feel it all, just seeing Renera move through the party, looking from person to person. I, I, there's paranoia and amongst the kids as well. There was so much great nonverbal communication in that sequence. I think it was really impressive to put that in a TV show. You hardly see that. And it was a really long sequence of no dialogue spoken, uh, but we really understood the stakes, what was going on. So I think they did a terrific job. The actors and the filmmakers are portraying so much nonverbal communication. And in addition to that, that was one of the first scenes that the show shot in general, and it actually played to a great strength of showing how uh, dis- how distant all these relatives and family members are, and it showed really well, and it was actually a great asset, I think, to the episode, showing the relationships between the characters, to show how much space is in between them, because the actors didn't really know each other, they, they didn't have time to build that chemistry yet, so the scene, the funeral scene, it just shows that off so well. And... So it started out nice and slow, but then some crazy stuff happened in the episode. We have the, the WWE kids battle. <laughs> All the kids teaming up on Aegon because he took the dragon uh, from Lena from Lena's daughter. 
he claimed the dragon first, and it's actually a great move because Vagar is the biggest, most powerful dragon alive. But Aegon claimed her. I love that sequence of him running out because he he heard the dragon in the distance from his window, and he's like, I'm going to try it because we learned throughout the first few episodes that he doesn't have a dragon, but he wants one. And then he just somehow managed to control Vagar and then get Vagar to allow him to climb on top of it so it, he could ride it and ended up controlling it. So this is actually, I like how Otto pointed out to Allison, like, your son, like, just saved us. Like, he gave us a huge asset in the impending war. But the little kitty battle was hysterical and also brutal. Like, kids getting punched in the face. Like, it was it was graphic. And then, obviously, the, the huge moment of Aegon getting his eye sliced open. By, uh, by Jace, Allison's son, slicing his eye, eye off, basically, and he loses the eye. But I love how Aegon is like, it's worth it, because we have a dragon, I finally have a dragon, and it shows how this civil war is really starting. Like, this is an event, and this episode is going to show the intense strife between these sides of the families, and to show, as they revealed with the final, one of the final shots of the, the family standing opposite sides of the room together after this big blowout, and then Alicent goes after <laughs> Rhaenyra, because Alicent, I'm sorry, Alicent, not Alicent, she wants an eye for an eye. Very Confucius uh, philosophy here. Yeah, yeah. very Roman Tal- Talio in Rome. That was that was the uh, you you get the punishment of the, the pain you inflict on someone else. And she tries to order Kristen Cole to take one of Rhaenyra's son's eyes, and I screamed. I thought it was going to actually happen. And a great back and forth between the king and the queen. Allison's in Viserys, who is clearly on his way out. Viserys is calling her by his dead wife's name doesn't even he's not even calling her Allison anymore he looks like he might not even last another episode because he might be dead by the next episode because it's going to be one final time jump and then there's no more time jumps so we know for the rest of the entire show definitely this season but I think they said for the rest of the entire show there won't be any time jumps because next episode the trailer revealed that everyone's about five years old or something like that it looks like but what an what a climax because it kind of never ended with these families going after each other, and then Allison assaulting Qu- Princess Rhaenyra. <laughs> tried to kill knife. her! Not killing her, but tried to, and in front of everybody, it was intense. And it was just a great moment because in that moment, once the blowout was done, and Viserys basically shut it down and was like, everyone needs to make friends. He's like, we're a family! <laughs> and then, but then you saw the two sides, two of the sides of the Civil War. You saw Rhaenyra and Damon and their kids and then you saw Allison and her kids and then by the end of the episode we learn moving on into the episode we learned that I was we were so curious about how Corliss was going to be towards his grandchildren who weren't really his grandkids and it was a great scene with his wife Raina where she's like I gave Raina sorry where she's like they're not your blood like, if you care about legacy, which is what he lives for, legacy, why should we try to let these two boys take over our our um house after we passed away? And he's like, he doesn't care about blood. He cares about names. He's like, history doesn't remember blood. History remembers names. I thought that was really interesting and a great character reveal for him where he's like, he doesn't care that the kids aren't his blood. But they have his name, and that's what really matters to him, Legacy. And this now looks like it's going to be the third party of the Civil War. So we have the Valerians, 
And then we have Allison, Otto, and her kids. And then we have Renera and Damon, who just got married at the end of this episode. Their kids and their dragons. So it looks like we have three main parties of the impending civil war. It looks like the sides have kind of been chosen now. This episode was so revealing. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX is The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. So many great scenes between a few specific characters. The one with Lord Corliss and Rhaenys that you're talking about was really interesting because Rhaenys is basically like, I gave up my pursuit for the throne a, a generation ago. I gave it up. You're the one that wants the Iron Throne. You're the one with the ambition here, not me. You think you're using me as a reason to go after it. And like you said, Anthony that he doesn't care about blood anymore. He cares more about the name for the legacy and all he wants. He's like, what's the point of this short moral life if it's not for legacy? And so Rhaenys wants Corliss to announce that Driftmark, Driftwood, their, their home, would pass on to, I believe it was for Bela and not Reyna. So Bela the, uh, is the eldest daughter of Damon and yeah. Lena. Yeah, Damon and Lena. And so instead of it passing on to the youngest of Allison's bo- of Rhaenyra's boys, Prince Lucerus, who would be the new Prince Lord of Driftmark. And Corlys is even telling him, like, one day this will be yours. You'll be in charge of the seas. You'll be the, the new Sneesake, basically. And Lucerus is young. He doesn't want this. And he's kind of wise. He realizes, like, if I'm going to be Lord of Driftmark, that means everyone I know and love will probably be dead by the time that happens. And so it's interesting. And that, that conversation between Rhaenys and Corlys is great. Then also... The conversation between uh, Damon and Rhaenyra, where Rhaenyra finally is choosing Damon because wants to choose Damon because they will have the greatest connection. She'll be much more formidable once she takes the takes the throne because Viserys is on his way out, and they have their intimacy together, and they make love on the beach, and they get married, and they they're bonded in blood. The wedding between Rhaenyra and Damon was really kind of beautiful and interesting, ethereal. They the Targaryen way of, of combining each other, bonding each other through blood with the cut on their hands, the cuts on their lips. And finally, it seems like they, they are marrying for love, too. It seems like they actually love each other at the same time. They're going to keep their blood pure because at the same time, Rhaenyra is finally getting her hands dirty and orders the assassination on her husband, who we think gets killed at the end of the episode, but what a twist to find out that him and his knights took a random person, threw them into the fire to make it seem like he was killed. I was, uh, Lenor's like, get me out of here. These Targaryens are trying to kill me. <laughs> it's crazy over here. <laughs> I, <have> fun. <laughs> I thought she was my wife <laughs> he shaves off his blonde Targaryen hair and he drifts away secretly with his knight we'll be seeing him again in the future I'm, I'm certain of that 
I kind of knew that he wasn't killed because if you don't show a person actually dying, then it's a good chance it's being hidden. And then so, but it was a good twist. But I kind of I, I I figured he wasn't dead because we didn't actually see him die in a show like this. If someone dies, we watch them die, like actually die. So, but it was still a great. I like that he got out of there. Uh, him and his him him and his guy it was a smart plan by them. But I have a feeling we'll be seeing him soon. But it looks like at this moment, um, Damon and Rhaenyra might have the strongest foothold in the future war because there's they make up six Targaryens and they have several dragons amongst them. So it is a big formidable force for them, and they're probably going to build an army of some kind. I didn't watch the teaser for next episode. I actually don't. Li- I don't want to watch any of the teasers. Because I don't like getting spoiled. I'm going to watch the show anyway. So if anyone knows if I'm saying something that that is pretty obvious in the trailer, that's why. But it seems like they're going to have the strongest um, force, fighting force for the future. Now, I think I think you called Amond Aegon in the beginning. Because Aegon... Yes, yeah, Amond, Amond, yeah. Just to make correct, so Amond is the younger of the Targaryen brothers. And he's the one who got uh, the... the he, he won over the claim to Vagar. And then Aegon, the eldest Targaryen, is turning into like a Tyrion Lannister just getting drunk <laughs> at funerals kind of guy. <laughs> He's hilarious. Yeah. But and what's also interesting is Aegon is uh, betrothed to his younger sister, the youngest of them. Interesting. And, he, and Aemon says like, I will fulfill my duty. He seems like mm-hmm. he's got like it together in terms of committing himself to the rituals and traditions of his family. Definitely. And I also love the conversation between Damon and Rhaenyra when they first communicate on the beach before they are intimate together. And Rhaenyra says to him that, like, you abandoned me. And Damon tells her, I spared you. You know, you were too young. You were just a kid for this. And she asks Damon if, if he loved Lena. And he said, in a way, you know, they both were fulfilling their duties. They both- he said that we were happy enough. Happy enough, he said. So that's why last episode we talked about it. I, was, I questioned whether they loved each other, but it seems not. But I think that this is something that, you know, Rhaenyra has always wanted just as much as Damon. And now that she's willing to get her hands dirty and take out, or thinks she takes out her husband, whew, that's nuts. She's root. That was ruthless. And also, it's funny because I'm kind of I'm rooting for an aunt and a an uncle and a niece to. <laughs> get together is kind of rude whereas in in game of thrones when Jon snow and danny hooked up everyone was like she's his aunt but now it's like we're actually <laughs> everyone was fine with jamie and cersei hooking yeah. up for the entire seven eight seasons of game of thrones so i don't want to yeah. hear when everyone's like oh it's so gross aunt and uncle like everyone loved jamie and jamie and cersei all right everyone's talking about that no one no one really cared as much as they care about the aunt uncle thing yeah, exactly. I think that the aunt and uncle thing got blown, oh, overblown from Game of Thrones. I was like, come on, it's Game of Thrones, it's fantasy, whatever. For eight yeah. seasons, and now you guys are upset about it. <laughs> it but now now everything, everyone seems to be behind this uncle and niece of marriage. But it, it does definitely does seem like they're, they're marrying for love. And it looks like they're going to have a strong bond for the rest of the series. I think they are an absolute power couple. <laughs> if they last long enough. Man, I thought that... Rhaenyra is going to get killed by Alicent right there. Yeah, that would have been crazy. But that, there was so much tension. I, I, that might be one of the most tense scenes I've seen in Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon so far when everyone was there. Everyone watched Alicent with a knife in her hand threatening Rhaenyra. At this, and it was intense. I've never seen anything like it in the show. 
And then Otto was proud of her. He was like, hey, I never knew you had that in you. Yeah, Otto's like, oh yeah, this has been the plan the whole time, waiting for you to just let that dragon out of you. And I liked how he was back as Hand of the King at the opening of the episode. And we find out that he really is trying to go for the throne. That was his deep plan. That was his plan originally, even though he wanted to make it seem like he was just protecting the realm. Yeah, and he's like, we got Vagar on our side. We're going to dominate. <laughs> Their formidable team as much as, as Rhaenyra and Damon are at this point, it seems like. And so next episode is a five-year time jump? It, it looks, I don't know how many years, but everyone's older. So the kids who are playing all the Targaryens and um, the Valarians, they're older now. So they're going to be... I, I was, that makes sense because these, the, the kids are going to be main players. And so they have to be a little older. I'm going to age them up. So like they're yeah. like in their late teens, early 20s, it looks like. Cool. Can't wait. I can't wait either. Uh, you got anything else on this episode? No, listen, I think this might have been my, might be my favorite episode so far. I thought it was terrific. So many sides were, yeah, so many swords were drawn and sides were revealed. And I think that we saw the future of the main um, parties of the war. Yeah, I can't wait for next week. This is my currently my favorite show of the year, I think. Yeah. It felt like a season finale. It really did. Every yeah. episode, the stakes are so immense. I can't yeah. think of another show this year that's been like this. Like Severance for me is also great, but I think this is so far only seven episodes in my favorite show. It's funny how Rings of Power is like already over in one more day, and but then Game of House House of the Dragon still has another month. It's amazing because it started before Rings of Power. It's more popular it, too. It's yeah. more popular too, and it's interesting because Rings of Power. It's a you, I mean, spent a billion dollars on the first two seasons, but you can assume that the first season cost 500 mil production, then probably $250 million market. I've never it, seen so much show of marketing it, for that. It, it was estimated at $750 million for the first season. A new estimate I just read. Definitely enjoying House of the Dragon more. Uh, but we're, we're grateful that all these shows exist. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The fantasy realm's great, but we we adore this show. This, this is, I think it's the best written show of this year on, of TV. They're knocking it out of the park. They're knocking it out of the park. All right, stay tuned for episode eight review next tuesday episodes this week yesterday we dropped an episode with the confused breakfast podcast as guests in studio on point break definitely go check that out asap uh and then on thursday we have an episode on anthony what is it thursday's episode <laughs> it's uh <laughs> i can't remember fifth element fifth element i dressed yeah, up yeah. as lilu it's great you don't want to yeah he's got the wig our Halloween costumes for episodes are coming out soon, so stay tuned for that. Thanks for tuning in around the world, everybody. Become a patron at patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost Podcast. I will be back home in studio next time you see the show after the, today, so take care. Goodbye, y'all. Raiders of the Lost Podcast is a Mirror Image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.